Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is today's gospel from Mark chapter 3. We'll hear again these words. Jesus looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let me say that again. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I usually begin my sermons by addressing you with that phrase, but have you ever stopped to think, what is pastor saying by that? What does he mean by calling us brothers and sisters in Christ? Now, I know a number of you in the congregation are related to one another by blood. In fact, it's, it's just safest for me to assume that all of you are related by blood and connected in some way or another. Uh, I myself have only my children as my blood relatives in the congregation, of course, my wife by marriage. Uh, but other than that, I don't even have a distant cousin in the congregation. Nothing like that. And yet, when I look out on you this morning, I see my family, my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, family is important, and spending time together as family is important, and I think most families really work hard to do that. They try to carve out time in busy schedules to be with one another, right? To sit down at the table and have a family meal, to watch a movie together, to go for a walk, to go to the beach, to go on vacation, whatever it may be. And these joint activities are really important because they help to bring you together, to bond you and bind you together and help you grow together as a family. And isn't it that exactly what we're doing right now and what we do each and every work week here at Emmanuel? We come together in God's house to grow and to bond. I mean, we've come together today in God's house not because we are citizens of the same nation and not because we root for the same teams and not even because we're people related to one another by blood. We have come together this morning because we are family in Christ, brothers and sisters in the faith. My friends, by God's grace, we are family, called into that family by faith in Jesus Christ and then nurtured in that faith in the family by the word of our God. The events of our text most likely took place in Capernaum at the home of Peter and Andrew, which is very close to Lake Galilee, where they had until recently made their living as fishermen. There was a large crowd present gathered inside the house and most likely outside the house as well. You see, this was the popular period of Jesus' ministry. Everybody wanted a piece of him. Everybody wanted to see him. Some wanted to see a miracle. Others were hoping to come and have some disease or condition healed. Uh, others just wanted to hear the great teacher speak. And then there were the curious, those who were wondering, is this the son of David? Is this the promised Messiah? And all of this attention, all of this popularity kept our Lord very, very busy. In fact, earlier on in Mark chapter 3, we learned that Jesus and his disciples, because of the crowds, barely even had time for a meal. Well, Jesus' mother and his brothers were concerned about this, uh, and they decided they were, would intervene. 
Oh, by the way, don't, don't be too surprised to hear that Jesus had brothers. There are certainly plenty who teach that Mary remained perpetually a virgin after giving birth to Jesus, but the scripture doesn't teach that at all. And it would have been most natural for Mary and Joseph to go on and have children after the birth of Jesus. And so, yeah, we're talking here about Jesus' actual brothers by blood. Now, they were technically his half-brothers because Joseph was not his biological father, but still his brothers. And why did Jesus' mom and his brothers come? Well, we're told it's because they thought he had lost his mind. Literally, in Mark, it says that they thought he was out of it. They were worried about him. They were worried that he wasn't taking care of himself and he was in front of all these crowds all the time. Some of them may even have thought he's gotten a little too big for his britches. And so they came to intervene. Whatever reasons they had for coming, they, they seem to have been good ones for the most part. They were concerned about his health and his well-being. But you know what? Especially at this time, Jesus' brothers did not really understand who he was. They didn't understand his mission on earth. And so when they came and tried to help him, they were really, in a sense, interfering in his saving work. When Jesus was told that his mom and his brothers were outside, he asked a question of the group assembled before him, a question that was meant to get them to begin thinking about spiritual matters. He said, Who are my mother and my brothers? Now, I would imagine that that raised some eyebrows among that group. Somebody must have thought, Jesus, they're, they're the ones outside that we just told you were calling for you. Look out the window there, Jesus. You can see your, there's your mom, they're your brothers. You know who they are. Jesus answered his own question, though. He, said, he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So it's pretty simple, right? Whoever does the will of God is a part of Jesus' family. I guess that means that all we have to do is follow our God's commands and obey them. All we have to do is keep those Ten Commandments and all the other precepts and commands in God's Word, and then we too will be members of Jesus' family. Well, let's back up a little bit here. If obedience is what makes us a member of Jesus' family, then, my friends, we are in trouble, in big trouble. I usually don't end my days by looking at myself in the bathroom mirror and saying, way to go, you obedient son of a gun. It usually ends this way, with me laying my head on my pillow and closing my eyes and sighing and, and saying, well, Lord, here we are again. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I am a broken and sinful man. And you all share exactly the same fatal disease. And scripture is clear about something. It says again and again things like this. No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. We cannot earn a place in God's family by what we do. You see, there's nothing in us that's naturally lovable. Nothing in us that would cause our God to love us and want us and invite us into his family. No, the way we live our lives will not cause our adoption. So then what in the world is Jesus talking about here when he says, whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother? It sure sounds like we have to do something to be a part of his family. Think of it this way. 
Jesus was once asked a, a similar question, uh, this question by a group of people on a different occasion that really gets at the heart of this matter. They asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? What they were really asking was, what do we have to do to get our way into heaven? And my friends, I'm so very thankful today to tell you that Jesus did not give them this big, long laundry list of precepts and commands that they had to obey, one command after another. No, this is how he responded to their question. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Now, my friends, you have to understand that believing biblically is the opposite of doing something. Believing is instead trusting in what someone else has done for you. The will of God is that all people believe in his one and only Son and are saved. So who does Jesus mean by whoever does God's will is part of my family? He means those who believe in him, those who trust in him as Savior. As he himself said so clearly in the Bible's most famous passage when he says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, rejoice because each and every one of you is a member of the family of believers. God graciously adopted you into his family at your baptism. Paul wrote about this clearly. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. My friends, that means that we together, all of us believers, we are family. Now, there are all kinds of differences between us. There are all kinds of things that I suppose, in a sense, divide us. We all have different backgrounds and histories. We vote for different political candidates. We watch different TV shows and listen to different music. We eat different foods. We root for different teams. Quite frankly, I would say that most of us here today wouldn't be friends or acquaintances if we didn't know each other already through our membership here at Emmanuel. And yet, having said that, we are so much more than friends. We are brothers and sisters. We are family in Christ. We share a connection that is deeper than anything that this world can offer. We are family by the same baptism. We are family because we share the same Savior. And my friends, as is the case with every family in the world, it's good for us to be together. It's good for us to sit down together for nourishment. Our text tells us that Jesus looked at those who were seated around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. They were seated around him in a circle. Now, what do you think Jesus had been doing up until that point with these people sitting in front of him? Do you think he was sharing stock tips or explaining a recipe or telling jokes? None of those things. Jesus, of course, was sharing his word. And he calls those sitting in front of him, listening to his word, his family. On another occasion, Jesus made a very similar point with these words. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. That's what believers in Jesus, believing family members do. They listen to their Savior's voice. They listen to the word of God. And my friends, we do that because the Word nourishes us like nothing else can. I mean, it is only in the Word of God that we find out about a God who loves us so much. 
a God who is so desperate to have us in heaven with him that he himself came all the way down from his heavenly throne and became our flesh and blood brother. In the word, we come to know this Savior who succeeded perfectly where we fail at every moment, every single day. A substitute who did obey God's will, who walked obediently under God's law. In the word, we see that same perfect Savior suffering. Suffering for our imperfection, impaled to the cross for our sins, enduring the hell, the loneliness and the shame of hell that we deserve so that we don't have to. In the word, my friends, we are able to bend over and to gaze into his empty tomb and to see there the neatly folded grave clothes and to hear the angel's shocking announcement, he is not here, he is risen. My friends, in the word, the Spirit directs our attention to Jesus, puts the spotlight on him, fills our hearts with faith in him, and so grants us every blessing that he won for us, forgiveness of sins and a new life and eternal life in heaven. In May of 2014, the American College of Pediatricians released a study that was entitled The Benefits of the Family Table. And they confirmed in that study what I think most people have known for many years. We kind of know it by common sense. And that is that families that get together around the family dinner table and regularly eat a meal together, they experience all kinds of benefits. Now, because they're a college of pediatricians, their study really focused on the benefits for kids. Everybody benefits, but, but they noticed these benefits for kids. Better grades, enhanced language development, improved family relationships, better nutrition, decreased risk of drug and alcohol abuse, and lower emotional stress. You know, as is so common today, when family members come to the kitchen, get their food, and then go off to their own little corner to play on their smartphone or to watch TV or something like that, they are simply missing out on all kinds of good things. And that's sad. It's even sadder, my friends, that sometimes Christians miss out on all kinds of good things at the family table. Sometimes you'll hear someone say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. Technically, that's true. I mean, think of those uh, of our congregation who are homebound, who because of health are just unable to be here. They are still our family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. At the same time, the writer to the Hebrews was on to something when he penned these words under the Spirit's inspiration. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. My friends, as a family of believers, as family in Christ, it is vital that we come together regularly to be fed by our Savior. It's important that together we remember and rejoice in our baptism by which God adopted us into his family. And every time you hear those words in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, it is meant to remind you of that baptism. It is vital that we keep coming together as family to hear the word that Jesus gives us and so feed our faith. It's vital that we continue coming together at our Lord's table to receive the blessing of his true body and blood, which strengthens us both in faith and in love. It's vital that we continue bringing our kids so that they together can hear and learn and study God's word in our elementary school and our Sunday school and catechism classes and wherever. My friends, isn't this just simply what families do? 
They gather together. They talk together. They eat together. They encourage one another. At pastors' conferences, it's most common when a pastor stands up to make an announcement or to ask a question or something, he'll begin by saying, Brothers, and then he makes his announcement or asks his question. My friends, I want you to look around you this morning. You are surrounded by the members of your family, your brothers and sisters in Christ. What a pleasure it is to call each other brothers and sisters and to live together in unity. What a joy it is to know that we have the same Heavenly Father who cares for all our needs, both body and soul. And what a comfort it is to know that we share the same flesh and blood brother, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who lived and died and rose again for us and for our salvation. We are family in him. What a tremendous blessing. Thanks be to God. Amen.